All right, welcome to the Week 15 Preview Fantasy Football Podcast. We are Drink 5 Network. And who's ready to get this fantasy postseason started? Well, I am. I don't know about you guys. No, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, I'm pretty ready. <laughs> so before we, we do our introductions, we should we should talk about what we're drinking. You know, just because we're... It, we're Guest or, voice that no one knows. We're ordering what's really important. So uh, what are we drinking right now? Uh, so currently we have the Pipeworks fully operational battle station. Um, I assume at some point it's going to blow something up in the room, but for now it's just a pretty tasty Imperial Cezanne. It says it's brewed with peaches, honey, and Hallertau Blanc hops. I'm sure that that's a French word that I butchered. Mm. Um, so yeah, we, we love Pipeworks here, and uh, since Star Wars is coming out on Friday, I couldn't resist buying something that, you know, it, it's not Star Wars official, thankfully, but it's, you know, in the same theme. Hey, it makes sense to me. And uh, we have many more beers to go through this evening, maybe even another round of shots. Uh, the time being, I have a couple PBRs in front of me just You're because they're, man, they're the age-old, you know, uh, celebration. You of, have aged PBRs? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be aged. It's already perfect. So anyways, big voice man, uh, your name is Dave and I'm Jason. We are joined uh, here with Jim this week. Jim writes our daily fantasy article. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us. It's good to be on. Yeah, excellent. Um, so uh, last week was the playoffs, right? And... Um, I hope everyone is still playing, right? You guys all have teams in the playoffs still, right? A few. A few, that's good. Dave, you've got more than a few, I think. I have six teams in the playoffs. That's, that's impressive. And hopefully I will win in all of them and lots of monies and, uh, you know, spend it on myself. That's six out of how many? Uh, nine. Six of nine. Wow. Yeah, and I well actually done. would have had seven uh, in the Fantasy Sports Writers Association League. Odell Beckham came back from behind like a beast and destroyed me by .6 points. At the end, that's which rough, I I didn't even think, I was even looking at the the league's status because I was like I'm winning by like <laughs> yeah lots, it's not gonna happen. He also had Dwayne Harris. He needed to have those Dwayne Harris points as well. No, it makes sense <laughs> because I, I looked at it before and I was like this isn't gonna happen. It, it doesn't matter if he even has a great game, but it did by a couple. And there is still that uh, possibility of uh, you know stat corrections, which usually come out on Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, I'm not really hoping for it because then it's it's all the better when it does happen. And uh, <laughs> Mike Moserino, who was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, he just wrote a column on the Drink 5 site about the five stages of grief you go through once you're out of the fantasy postseason and you haven't won anything. Which, I, I mean, has that ever happened to you guys where you've been in a couple leagues but you just didn't make it? Um, I, you know, I've always, I think, played at least up until week 15. I think that happened to me just this year, Jason. You knocked me out of our two six five league. Well, I, I mean, yeah. in, I mean, in, in none of the leagues are, do you make it to the postseason. Oh no, no, no leagues. Leagues. Yeah. that's never happened. Okay, so I'm there usually we go. In more than I lose, and that's why we're the experts. I've been in situations <laughs> where I made like only one team out of six. Well, that's, that's that's a rough. That year. is rough. It's a very rough year. Yeah. Well, I'm only in two out of six, so this is kind of a down year for me. Last year, I only made two, I think, but I won one of them that I made. It that gets better. So it was it just winning one it. makes up for all of. All oh, I don't even <laughs> I don't even care about how many I didn't make last year. 
It gets better, Jim. That's what Obama said, I think. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move on to some news. And, uh, of course, just letting you guys know, uh, if you are listening to us uh, right now, that's great. We appreciate it. You can ask us questions, uh, line up questions, et cetera, in the chat room, and we'll go ahead and answer them. If you have any comments on the show, please go ahead and, and say those as well. If you are not listening live, well, we appreciate the listen just the same. And Hello you, from the past. You can continue to uh, listen to our podcast on Stitcher or iTunes under Drink 5 Network. And not only do we do this during the fantasy season, but next week is our last show with the possibility of a post-mortem a couple weeks after. And after that, we'll actually be working on the Retro Spectacle podcast, which is a topical show where we bring up anything from conspiracy theories to Bitcoin to, uh, to all sorts of stuff. So uh, listen in and watch for those episodes as well after we take a little... Uh, hiatus from from the show. So news, um, latest things I've heard. I know uh, Jim, you were just catching up on Roto World, which is a great news source with some blurbs that come out from a lot of the pundits from the teams. Uh, I heard today that Legarrette Blunt got put on IR, and we'll talk about that later. But that's a huge one for the Patriots. Um, and then Osweiler is going to start one more game versus Pittsburgh, and it seems like he might not start going forward if he puts up bad numbers. Uh, I've heard Peyton Manning is practicing now, and what do you guys think the odds are that if Osweiler doesn't perform well in this game, Manning comes back in, or if he doesn't perform well at all, throws a couple interceptions, Manning comes in halfway through the game? What, what do you think the odds are of that? I think if Manning's healthy, they will play him. Yeah. So the second he is ready to play, they'll they'll bring him in. Yeah, I don't think that it, he'll be... I mean, I think it's unlikely that he's going to be active this week. If he is active, like Jim says, I see them starting him. Um, I think that Brock Osweiler, Osweiler will be given one more chance to completely succeed or completely fail. There you go. And against Pittsburgh, it should be good because they have one of the league's worst passing defenses. But as you've seen in the past couple of weeks, they've started to pick up the steam on their D as well. They're a sneaky defensive play this week, I think. I, I agree. In fact, they are in, uh, I believe, I think they're my number top, top five. I think they're number five for defense. And I know that's a little high, but you got to remember, even though I'm a Steelers fan, I really don't try to put any bias in there at all and I actually question myself doing that but Osweiler just hasn't been good and Pittsburgh's defense has been good so that's kind of a freight train you know colliding right now um I I can see the Steelers doing well here just last week they gave up 15 points to the Oakland Raiders right uh Kevin White will not be activated from the pup list this year we're a Chicago-based show and so we were hoping that Kevin White who was uh drafted only after Amari Cooper uh, in the NFL draft in 2015, slated to be this great receiver. Um, he was practicing fully. It looked like maybe he'd get a shot to go out there and show us what he has to offer. Uh, I think Kevin White will be featured next year, obviously. He would have been featured this year if he was healthy. Uh, do you guys think that, that this is going to happen uh, during this whole remodel and reorganization? We'll see Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey next year uh, You know, leading off as the receivers. I mean, I, I think he'll be healthy and be amazing next year. I, I would have liked him to have got some snaps in this season. That's what I'm saying. He could be a late pickup. He'd be, do really well, but now that's off the table. So I mean, I, even just getting him in for, I don't know, 15, 20 snaps a game this season just to get him some experience would have been really great. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe he's not healthy enough to even get that. They, there's hasn't been too much coming out of the Bears on the status of how healthy he is. Yeah. So that leg might right. not be ready for him to even 
go out there for right. for the 15, 20 snaps a game. Yeah, it was a little ambiguous for a while. I think that he'll be fine next year. This is a guy that was picked by the current regime, so that bodes well for him. Yeah, and, and Bears fans need a little hope, you know. So yeah, <laughs> well, they'll get rid of Robbie Gold in the off season. Oh, yes. that's 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 he's, not gonna. So they can hope that they're gonna make uh, more field goals next year. He's for sure a cut, right? That's too bad. After well, the, the last think, two games, yeah. Well, and it's, he's it's that, to, and he makes too much money. Yeah, he's slated to be the top paid kicker next year, I believe. Yeah, which can't happen uh, with what he's doing. Uh, but speaking of injuries, let's go right into week fifteen and some of the people that were injured this past week. Andy Dalton is a huge one with a broken thumb. We thought originally, Jason and I were talking after the injury happened, and and we had a a good, we had an impression that Andy Dalton might be out for the rest of the season. But it sounds like news stories are saying they're keeping him, uh, you know, ready to go because if it does heal up, and it's not going to require surgery, so if it does heal up in a week or two, maybe he could be out there for uh, championship games. And so I'm not dropping him from my squad, but I don't have a whole lot of faith that he's going to come back. I would put that at like 5% at this point. It's probably kind of a... Um, desperation, you know. Yeah, and they played Denver in Week 16, so you know you don't necessarily want to start uh, an ailing Andy Dalton against right. a really good defense, unless you have no choice. Yep. Uh, Brian Hoyer has a concussion, and that's actually the second concussion in uh, as much as a month, I think, for Hoyer. Yeah. So TJ Yates will probably start against the Colts, and uh, I actually like his chances. I'll go into that later. Point point is, Brian Hoyer did well in garbage time. Uh, and unfortunately, he's he's out of there. So usually for uh, quarterback two, uh, he is unusable this week. It doesn't look like he'll be suiting up. Uh, running back Thomas Rawls ended up with a broken ankle, and he was actually crying when he was leaving the stadium, which is really sad. Um, and he was running so well, kind of out of his mind. Uh, you wonder sometimes if players are putting a little too much into it. And a lot of times, when someone like that, who and he was a member, he was an undrafted free agent coming into the season. When someone like that just runs his heart out, sometimes it's it's playing above his own pay grade, and it's not helpful for his uh, health status. So, uh, what do you guys think about about Thomas Rawls being out of there? Will will uh, the fill-in who actually ends up being Bryce Brown, who was cut previously twice by Seattle, do you think that he'll be able to put up the same kind of numbers as Rawls? I think he'll put up serviceable numbers. I mean, Rawls stepped right in and. Yes, he's talented, but he's not one of the greats, and he was able to put up amazing numbers. Well, it's like D'Angelo Williams in this exactly. situation. In this situation, with the carries he was given, he was a top five running back. A guy with a high volume of carries, which he's clearly going to get because we all know Fred Jackson is not going to be getting a lot of carries. His third down work is what he's going to get, and they cut the other guy, um, and I've already forgotten his name, Dewan Harris. Yeah. yeah, they've cut Dewan <laughs> Harris, which is interesting. Who seemed like he was going to be the guy up until. About four o'clock today. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, I think based on volume, that uh, you know, it, it's a good pickup this week. That okay. seems surprising that they would cut Dewan Harris right after the Rawls injury. I, they, I, because they've decided on Bryce Brown. Yeah, but but after having but so many death, injuries at running back, it maybe seems, they're going to re-sign Christine Michael. It seems <laughs> well, he just got waived by Washington. That's exactly. true. Exactly, that available. could happen. <laughs> it just seems crazy, like he said, that you would sign a guy, put him in your organization, uh, let him fill in, and then immediately cut him after you just lost more depth. Yeah, but you know, Seattle hasn't made the the best player uh, roster decisions. Well, this they probably didn't like year. what they saw from him. Well, I get that, but he's still a guy who got yards on carries, and now they don't have anybody. Fred Jackson could go out there now and, and just like blow up into little pieces. Maybe they've decided that they're a passing team. 
<laughs> well, well, it looks that it. way. It's exactly, <laughs> that's how it looks. It's a little too late for Jimmy Graham to uh, to start uh, to start doing well. Yeah. Uh, Mark or uh, TJ Yeldon has a sprained knee, uh, and it looks like he might not play this week. And if he doesn't, then Denard Robinson will be the starter for the Jaguars, and Denard Robinson will then get all the work. Uh, and so he is a great add. Uh, we're not absolutely certain that Yeldon is not going to play this week, so we got to make sure to look for uh, injury reports on Wednesday. But Denard Robinson is a guy that could fill in and score 15 to 16 points, and maybe that's what you need with all these running back injuries. Um, Mar- a, yeah, I think you insert him right away. I, yes. They're playing Atlanta. I think he's a top 15 running back this week if he's yeah. starting. That Atlanta defense is terrible against the run. Yeah, the catch is, uh, you know, that he has to play. So Yeldon has to stay out. Right. And we're just sure. not sure about that. I mean, that, thankfully, that's the kind of thing that you can know going into a matchup. Yeah. Uh, assuming it's not a game-time decision. But you would <laughs> still know before the game starts. Sure. And hope it's a noon game. You know what has hope happened? it's a noon game. What does happen sometimes. <laughs> Plan for other yeah. scenarios. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. And just occasionally it happens where someone will be active and then, like, go test his foot. And then they decide he's not active anymore. Yes, that, and, that does occasionally but, happen. But that's like the bane of all fantasy football players. Right. I that Maybe Yeldon could end up doing that this week. They're like, Gronkowski's back. Annoying. What if he stepped out there and like it looked like he was going to get a touchdown? And then there's like, nope, i got to go back to the bench. Has that happened to you where you have a player in your your lineup and yeah. thinking he's going to play and then five minutes before the game? He no, it's not play. even that. Like he, he will actually, sometimes they'll actually. They'll get hurt like in warm-ups. Or, 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 yeah, they, they just sort of pull up lame or decide that they shouldn't play. Because sometimes those guys' hearts are way bigger than their, uh, yeah. you know, than their, than than their, their heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Mark Ingram is out for the season, and that's unfortunate for me because I have him in a dynasty league. But enough about me. Uh, Tim <laughs> just, Hightower. Just traded for him, too, right? <laughs> Tim Hightower played 58 snaps in the last Saints game, and he actually performed pretty well. Now, he's sort of a plotter. And that, that's how he's going to be. But he did get 25 carries or so, and he ran for 80-plus yards and got a touchdown. And on the Saints offense, where Drew Brees is going to throw the ball all over the place, and they're going to be throwing from behind all the time, they are probably going to get a couple more touchdowns with Hightower because they'll be goal line situations. Yeah. And Spiller, even though there keeps being people that get injured, Kyrie Robinson, Mark Ingram, C.J. Spiller is still the black sheep on that team, and he only got like four carries in a game where he should have been the guy that you know that got the majority of the carries. He knew the offense. He was there. He got signed to a contract. Uh, remember at the beginning of the season, we talked about C.J. Spiller getting picked up by the Saints, and we were like, yeah, this is going to happen. <laughs> it seemed everyone was high on the Saints because they're the Saints. Everyone figured that there would be a good offense there. Yep. They had a lot of young talent. You know, it, Drew Brees and Sean Payton are two guys who everyone figured knew would know what to do with all that. And they had no idea everything fell apart. And the yep. Saints historically love screen passes, so you think Spiller right. would fit right into that. C.J. Spiller is going to be a bigger, you know, fast, you know, Dar- Darren Sproles. But none of that happened. And it's weird. I mean, but weird things happen. <laughs> uh, Todd Gurley has a minor knee injury. He should be okay for Thursday, but he was limited in practice, so just watch that. Gurley has been... Great, but there was a couple weeks... Uh, Wasn't it just a rest day for him, technically? I Oh, no, that was yesterday that it was a rest day. He should have been practicing today. Um, but obviously they want him healthy because he's the only po- uh, factor in that offense that is scoring any touchdowns. And they play on Thursday night, too. Right. One of the reasons why he's going to be taking some rest. So uh, he, he looks good this year. There's a couple games where he hasn't been so great, but he's a rookie, so you give him a pass a little bit. That and the offense can't really get it together. 
besides Todd Gurley. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has a knee injury. He might be out. If he is out, Washington has been passing the ball pretty well. Uh, Pierre Garçon and Jameson Crowder could could step up a little bit. So those are guys to look at if you're in a deep league or a dynasty league uh, for this year. And I just mean uh, because those rosters are generally uh, bigger. So there's not players available on the waiver wire to grab over them. Yeah, and I think Crowder really played well when Jackson was out for that long stint. Yeah, and he sounds like uh, some kind of like... Uh, uh, London 1800s villain, <laughs> Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder? Oh, Jamison Crowder is totally... What is he up to? Is He's totally <laughs> a guy who's involved with organized crime in Kentucky. Yes, <laughs> that's happening. He's cousin to Boyd Crowder from Justified. We gotta we gotta hide Jason somewhere now that he's on to it. Jameson Crowder and the Crowder crime family are probably gonna come after you. <laughs> uh, quick uh, quick picks here. Uh, Vincent Jackson minor knee injury, but he'll probably be out this week, uh, and that actually bodes well for Austin Safarian Jenkins and Mike Evans, especially after a really disappointing game by Jameis Winston. Again, he's a rookie, but when you're playing against the Saints, it seems like everybody does well. How did you not do well? Brian Hartline on the Cleveland Browns has a broken collarbone, so he's done. Uh, and nobody on Cleveland is worth picking up or playing. They play Seattle, right? <laughs> well, they have Barnage, but he's not going to be pick He's going to be owned. Uh, Travis Benjamin on and off. Definitely not this week against uh, Seattle. It's just an unfortunate situation if you have to play a Cleveland Brown with Johnny Manziel versus Seattle. Look, the Pittsburgh Steelers showed us that you have to be three deep at wide receiver in order to like, have a passing game against Seattle. And, you know, <laughs> they're only one deep in Cleveland. Maybe they'll have Dwayne yeah. Bogo out there again. I, I saw him the other day. It was a Dwayne Bowe sighting. A Dwayne Bowe sighting? Was he wearing a jacket on the sideline? Yeah, where's Dwayne Bowe is the next, like, tabletop novel we're going to come out with. <laughs> Seattle generally only gives up fantasy points to the third receiving option. Yeah, I've sense. noticed that. So. You have Richard Sherman and uh, uh, what's, what's his face? So get Taylor Gabriel. Cam Chancellor. Is he even playing? Uh, uh, I don't even know. He might be injured right now. He's Andrew been out with Hawkins a concussion forever. Yeah, it's like, just not worth it is what I'm saying. No, if, I agree with if you. If you want to play a Barnage, don't play anybody else. Seattle actually does give up a decent amount of fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They're in the top ten, I believe. But this is mostly a product of them shutting down the rest of the passing game. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tight ends, uh, Brandon Pettigrew is likely out for the year. So that actually puts a lot more value on Ebron. Uh, Detroit has been playing better in general, passing the ball better. But you see the other day, uh, Calvin Johnson, I think he got 1.5 1. 1. points. Like, I don't understand how that happens. But Golden Tate had two touchdowns. Yeah, I think it was just putting him in uh, decoy mode again. And maybe we've seen the end of Calvin Johnson, you know. I mean... I- Maybe, but he's uh, too young for it to be over. He just can't stay healthy. It's been it's a bad team. He's probably yeah. He I would say he's probably injured. Well, but that's the point. He's been injured for it's years, three seasons in a row. I so believe. that's probably the end of Calvin Johnson, as far as I'm concerned. You're right, though. He's not that old. He could recover. But those guys, a lot of times when they're really big guys like that, if they uh, if they do get injured and they have lingering injuries, sometimes they never get over them. Um, Tyler Eifert had a concussion. If he returns, he's a play. It doesn't really matter that A.J. McCarron is the tight end because Eifert has been fantastic. In fact, uh, maybe not this after this week, but he was right up there with Gronkowski as the number one tight end, depending on what stats you're looking at. Um, oh, yeah. So he's yeah. been great. He's leading the league in touchdowns. And Going he, into the weeks, yeah, totally. And he's one of those guys that we sort of ID'd at the beginning of the year, which makes me feel good about myself, you know, as, uh, <laughs> as a picker of tight ends. You get a sticker, Dave. 
someone you can get later in the draft because it always works that way, doesn't it? If you don't pick up the top one or two guys, which this year it was like uh, Rob Gronkowski, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham. If you don't pick up those guys, then you have to. You might as well wait until round eleven to to grab someone who could do well. Um, and Eifert, I think, went like eight, nine, ten, something like that. that sounds right. That's nice. Uh, Charles Clay has a back injury, and the Bills aren't saying anything about it. That could be good or bad. <laughs> but Robert Woods performed What's really well. Rob Ryan, uh, or Rex Ryan, is usually very um, optimistic when it comes to injury. I don't know, think Charles Clay is going to be okay. Exactly. If he's not saying, oh, he'll be fine, then there probably is something wrong. Mm. And, uh, you know, he started off doing really well, and he's kind of gone downhill a little bit. Really but, big touchdown a couple weeks ago. But he's a good guy, and he they pay him a lot of money to be halfback, tight end, fullback, whatever. He, he's like everything. Wide They're receiver. not using him as much as I thought they would based on how much they paid him. Well, they I mean, you have the Watkins and, uh, and uh, Robert Woods thing, which is working for them right now. Uh, the Watkins which, part of it is. <laughs> well, Woods just scored over 100 points and 100 uh, yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he, he performed really well in the absence of Clay. And I'm saying that if Clay doesn't come back from this injury, Woods becomes a, a more complete part of the offense. We, we've seen him in previous years do well, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, so a little uh, update to one of the things we just talked about. One of the latest scrolls on Roto World is that Deshaun Jackson expects to play. Scrolls? Scrolls. It's scrolled because there's more. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're talking <laughs> He just wants the Game of Thrones to come back. He's like... It may be a little subconscious. On the Roto Scroll. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, please. Anyway, well, that's all. Is that He says he expects to play. So it's just a lesson in always pay attention to the latest news that you can find to your guys. From yep. your guys. Always pay attention. Do you want the attachment? What did you just uh, crack open over there? Well, I have a Deschutes Red Chair NWPA. So that's a Northwest Pale Ale. Which I don't think I've had a pale ale so specific. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Deschutes is from Oregon, and they are a good brewery. We, we've had a lot of stuff from them that's, that's very cool. Uh, this is a 6.2%, uh, 60 IBU uh, pale ale, and I have never had it that I know of. You had it the other day. I had it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Mike so had to bring good. those to you. <laughs> Retraction. That was, that, that was uh, that, that's loot from one of the many bets that we've made. Uh, you bet with Mike just on, I, I think, I'll, uh, just the line of a game probably, and uh, he owed you like a six pack and some pizza or something this is like great. that. Yeah, I have another bet where I get a six pack and a pizza. I love these bets. Yeah. Now last week we made a bet where uh, between Troy and I, because uh, I've never made the playoffs in this one particular league. Which is surprising because I, I generally do well, but like 
didn't make the playoffs ever. So the last two weeks in this league, I've gotten the high score, but I'm out of the playoffs. And that happens to me like every year. Is there at least a high score pool to get yeah, some there kind is. of consolation? Yeah, there okay. is. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I get like seventh place and then... So your, team, your team's finally another clicking. high score pool. Yeah. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting money though still. I'm, I'm stealing it from the people yeah. who are still in there. Uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, we made a bet because I've never made the playoffs and I've been in that league for like four years or something. Um, that if I don't make the playoffs... Then I have to wear a onesie on the on the podcast <laughs> and, and do a uh, like a beer bong or something. And, and if I do make the playoffs, then Troy has to. All right. So I, I'm excited either way. Um, I'm a really tall guy. I don't know if they make onesies for six four males, uh, but we'll see. Someone we'll see. does somewhere. Yeah. Someone on Etsy will make that for you. All right, I love it. If there's anybody out there that can make me a giant onesie, uh, you may. I may have to put you on uh, retainer. So let's it'll talk. be convenient if Troy went, if Troy loses because he just has to buy a child's one. Sure. So let's talk about waiver wire pickups now. Uh, there's a lot of people that you could pick up this week. Uh, you know, guys like Willie Sneed and, and Ted Ginn Jr., Doriel Green Beckham. Uh, we're talking about uh, running backs like Theo Riddick, Antonio Andrews. But I wanted to highlight a couple guys that are owned a little bit less. Um, so I picked a couple guys that have really low own percentages in Yahoo. And then uh, a couple more that are owned a little bit more, but probably still under the radar for this particular week for most people. Um, so I'm going to start with the quarterback, and that's TJ Yates. We talked about him earlier. He's owned in 1% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. 1%. And that makes sense because he hasn't been playing. He right. filled in uh, for three games, and only one did he play a substantial amount of. That was he against, played well in that game, though. That was against the Jets in Week 11. Yeah. And uh, he threw to DeAndre Hopkins for... 118 yards and two touchdowns. He which, knows what's good for him. Which yeah. is why his stats were good. But let's face it, if you have a guy like Hopkins, who's arguably the best receiver uh, talent-wise in the NFL, definitely top five in the discussion, um, and he's a young guy. Think about how he can be in a couple of years. Right. It's crazy. Um, but he only had a 47.1% completion average. And granted, Yates hasn't played that much, so we'll g- give him a little bit of a break. But it's not like he was Houston's first pick, and Houston didn't have anybody to go with. So, so you think uh, is this okay? I'm not sure. Well, he goes up against the Colts in Week 15. They're the seventh worst passing defense in the NFL, allowing 18.5 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on average. Uh, of course, if it's Yahoo, it's probably about 19.1 fantasy points to opposing <laughs> quarterbacks. It's uh, it's virtually a lock that Brian Hoyer is out at this point. Two concussions in the past month. And I like the garbage time dice roll uh, with TJ Yates in a two-quarterback league or a league where uh, where basically you're scraping the bottom. I think that he's a play that could get yeah. you 20 points. I don't think that there's going to be much garbage time in that game because it's Indy and they may have Charlie Whitehurst starting. Oh, that's going to be exciting, isn't it? But I do like T.J. Yates in this game. You know, Houston has one thing that, you know, they still have one thing left on their team, and that's a good receiving core. Nate Washington, Cecil Shorts, uh, drink to his name, and DeAndre Hopkins, of (laughs) course, are really good. And they have Bang Bang Chicken and Shrimp. Right, but they don't give it to him enough. I know. Chris Chris Polk, did you watch, uh, uh, what's it called? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks this year? No, I didn't. So it was Houston. Which was great, except they didn't have Arian Foster on at all because he was injured. And he's injured again. <laughs> well, there's a 50% uh, chance that if you look up Arian Foster, he'll be injured. Yeah. <laughs> at any given time. Schrodinger's Foster. I, I know this well, owning him on a dynasty league. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, number two, uh, Bryce Brown. Bryce Brown owned in only 3% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. 
Now let's talk about Bryce Brown a little bit. He was cut twice by Seattle. He was cut once a while ago when they had decided on Robert Turbin and Christine Michael as their backups. Then he was cut again just recently when they decided on Thomas Rawls and Fred Jackson. Uh, they picked up Dewan Harris. We talked about this earlier. And he was a plotting plotter last week who I don't know the exact stats, but I'm thinking it's something like 18 for 70. Do you want to know how plotting of a plotter he is? How? He was like way more than Eddie Lacy. And they just <laughs> had to get rid of him in Green Bay. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, for a while, a couple of years ago, we were talking about Dewan Harris uh, picking him up in the playoffs because I think he had one good game or something like that. Sure, yeah. These guys get like a two-touchdown game and everybody jumps on them. Which oh, yeah. makes sense. Every once in a while, you get a Deion Lewis out of that. Yeah. So the problem with Bryce Brown, and it's always been the problem, is that he's a fumbler. He can't hold on to the ball. He puts himself in bad situations. He's always done that for every team he's been on, and that's why he gets dropped from those teams. He's an explosive player. So you're rolling the dice here. If he fumbles twice, he's probably just going to be out, and they'll put in Fred Jackson and whoever they can bring up from the practice squad. But if he doesn't fumble, he might score you 180 yards and a touchdown. So this is a good can. This is a good dice roll in in a fantasy playoff if you need upside and don't have running backs on your team. I say this is an awesome start, but you know Bryce Brown is going to be uh, number one, number two pick on the waiver wire this week. So uh, put in your claims now and hope that people drink too much tonight and forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> Brown has to be the top waiver pick this week. It certainly could be. There's just too much upside there. I mean, he's going to get you the guys, ball probably 20 times this game. And do you guys like Brown more than Denard Robinson? I do. Well, I think he's going to fumble again because I don't see anything saying that he's gotten better. Bryce Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. But he's going to get opportunities to to do well. And like I said, I mean, this is an Arian Foster injury type situation where you've got a 50% chance of Bryce Brown playing well, a 50% chance of him having two fumbles and then leaving the game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they've given up 21 fantasy points a game, uh, you know, Bryce Brown's ceiling is super high, yep. right? But his floor is way low. Denard Robinson is a much safer play if you can get him. Um, and I don't know, you know, it all depends on what your strategy needs to be. Yeah. But it, logistically, I mean, it's better to have the Seahawks running back than the Jacksonville running back in most situations that I can see. Um, sure, sure. I don't even remember who Jacksonville has to play this week. Plus... Uh, Bryce Brown, will, Atlanta, if, if he plays well, will probably <laughs> a good, have good matchup. good matchup as well. Yeah. If, he play, if he plays well, Brown will probably be the running back for the rest of the year, So uh, at least in, until the Perfect. playoffs, which makes him a multiple-week play. But Yeldon will likely be back next week if he's not right. back this week. Right. Um, Marcus Wheaton, number three, 29% owned. A lot of people have actually been dropping him because he had a 26 point performance against Seattle in Week 12. We talked about that earlier. Thought it was a fluke. As the number three wide receiver. Now, Wheaton has consistently, over the last couple years, uh, after he got over his injury the initial year on the Steelers, gotten about 50% of the snaps and split him sort of with Bryant. But he never seems to operate as uh, sort of a standalone WR2. He has to be a fill-in WR3 and a sort of a possession receiver. And this year, he's actually doing a great job of that. So... I think, uh, well, let's, let's talk about his numbers. He had 26-plus points against Seattle, and then he had 11 in Week 13 and 6.5 in Week 14. So we've seen drops and then drops as fantasy players say, this guy is not going to be consistent. Now, I mean, if they'd listened to us or another reputable fantasy expert, then they would have already known that he's not inherently uh, consistent. That's not why you own him. Uh, to me, I think it'll work just fine this week because... 
he'll probably be shadowed, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant will probably be shadowed with good coverage from the Denver secondary. And that opens up uh, the window for Marcus Wheaton to be that look that Ben gets, that he can trust, that he can give the ball to. And the number three uh, corners and defensive backs, the guys that are out there covering the gaps on Denver are not nearly as good as the top two. Um, so, yeah, this is a similar situation to that Seattle game. Like it, we, it really we, we is. brought up earlier, yeah. that Seattle takes out the top two receiving options. Wheaton had a huge game against them. Yeah, because you've got DeAndre Williams, point. Antonio Brown, and Martavis Bryant, and you. I'm sorry, but you can't guard four good players, and Marcus Wheaton is borderline good. Uh, so yeah, I, I see that happening again, where maybe he went down to six point five in week fourteen, but I'm betting that he scores a touchdown and probably sixty or seventy yards at the mm-hmm. very least in this game versus Denver. And heck, Brown might not even score because Denver is elite. Yeah. So you know, everyone remembers Wheaton from the last three weeks, basically when they played Seattle, and then the last couple of games he's been playing a lot better. It, it mostly all comes down to how many times he's targeted. The first game of the year, he was only he was targeted seven times. After that, no more than four times the entire year. But but remember that Roethlisberger has only played like six games this year. Sure. Well, what I'm saying is because of the defensive situation, he's going to be targeted a lot more in this game. That's when they use him. Yep. Right. So yep. I mean, it's there. I think that he's a sneaky start. Yep. And that's that's the name of this article. If you want to check it out, it's for <laughs> for uh, sneaky waiver wire picks. Um, for week 15. Uh, the fourth is Will Ty, uh, Giants tight end. So he's owned in 9% of leagues, and he has been good since Larry Donnell went out with a neck injury. Now, Donnell is officially out for the rest of the season on IR. And and Ty, who's a guy that I picked up in a couple leagues and played, uh, these are two tight end leagues or deep leagues, but he keeps scoring uh, an amount of points to make him worthwhile on my team. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is just anecdotal, but every season, there's some Giants tight end that plays really well the last, like, four weeks of the season. I mean, last week, last year was Larry Donnell. Before that, there was guys like, uh, um, see, it's hard to remember their names because they only do well for a year. Um, Martellus, <laughs> Martellus Bennett. Bennett was there for yeah. a little while. There was a, a guy who got traded. Now he's on some other team that's not very specific. There was a white guy, too. I don't remember <laughs> There was remember Bear Pasco for a game or two. Uh, there's Hynoski. <laughs> <laughs> Point is... I think this might be one of those guys where Ty, uh, maybe he'll have a big game where he scores 16 points. Um, but then, next year, we're not going to know who he is. We'll forget his name entirely. Oh, well, there was also Jeremy Shockey, but that was way back. That's the white guy. <laughs> That's who you were thinking of. I remember that, yeah. No, I was talking about somebody else still. Uh, but that's okay. I think he got traded to Buffalo. Anyway. I'm uh, trying to find a list of all of them. Kevin Boss? No, but he. I remember Daniel him. Fells. Kevin Boss, he I did do well remember, for a while. yeah. See, it's the curse of the late season Giants tight end. Jake Ballard. That's who you're yep, thinking of. Jake Ballard. He was great. And oh, there's, there's so many guy. of them. There's another guy, too. There's there's PC head coach was a Giants tight end. <laughs> no way. Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan so he's, Campbell. He's the mastermind behind this all, then. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, they uh, they are playing Carolina, and the Panthers' defense is great, and, and mostly you would avoid that kind of situation, but they're going to be focusing a lot on the uh, wide receivers out. And you know Manning is going to have some problems, you know, getting those pass routes. So he's going to dump it off to Will Ty, who's going to probably hum comfortably along, not scoring a touchdown, but getting six receptions for 60 yards, which in a PPR league is awesome. And in a standard league is like uh, a good floor number for 10, a tight end. Number, yeah. number 11, number 9. And Eli's a good quarterback. He knows how to get the ball to him to score touchdowns, although he obviously only has one in the year still. Yeah. But 
I wouldn't, you know, don't. It's not an impossibility that he gets another. No, of course not. I don't know. I feel like if Eli throws the ball thirty times, he should throw it thirty times to Odell Beckham. <laughs> not if they want. I him think to. Odell is going to have a good game. <laughs> not if they want him to be in the playoffs. I, I don't. I think but, he's going to be able to but, play well against Norman. I heard he's putting up stats that only compared to Jerry Rice when he first came into the league. Hey, I Odell get that. Is? Yeah, over two years. Yeah. Well, he's got twelve touchdowns on the year now. But I don't care. I mean, nobody plays well against Josh Norman. He's fantastic this year. And to be honest, it's just I, I don't see that happening. I mean, maybe maybe he breaks for a touchdown. He's an awesome player. I'm referring to Odell Beckham Jr. But Norman has just been out of this world. Uh, that's it's a little it's a little tough. But Carolina has had games where the opponents are scoring points, and obviously you can't be in coverage on the same person every single play. So could happen. Uh, I also like Albert Wilson, wide receiver for Kansas City. You guys know anything about Albert Wilson? Uh, I see him in uh, highlights, and I'm like, Jeremy Macklin? No, damn it! <laughs> so he, <laughs> so he went to the the Chiefs in 2014, uh, and he was going to be like, you know, their starting guy, sort of. Uh, he came real highly rated. People were comparing him to Randall Cobb as far as measurables are concerned. He's only 5'9", but he's like a fast slot guy that can do a bunch of stuff. But he never really worked out. And this year, starting opposite Macklin, he's finally kind of got into the groove where he's getting two or three receptions per game. Alex Smith is throwing a little bit more, getting more comfortable with that. Um, and he had a really good game this past week. And, of course, it could be a fluke. Uh, I mean, the guy's owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues. So, I, and I think in Flea Flicker, he's owned in 3%, which means he's more of a dynasty stash than a redraft player. But I believe last week he scored a touchdown in over 100 yards. So he's definitely a guy to be on the lookout for as uh, Kansas City needs to win their next three games. They have no choice but to win them. Uh, that's, that's how they get to the playoffs. Because Kansas City, the New York Jets, and the Steelers are currently engaged in a uh, you know, a battle for that wild card position. Uh, so that's possibility in a deep league. And then Zach Miller, tight end Chicago, with Martellus Bennett out uh, and no Kevin White in sight. Uh, Eddie Royal not really performing very well. It's basically Jay Cutler looking to Zach Miller to be his possession guy and Alshon Jeffrey making the big plays. That's all there is on the team. Make sure you get Zach Miller from Chicago, not Zach Miller from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Miller has had some really good games. And is a possibility down the stretch that Cutler has some more big games. He's still a good quarterback, regardless of what anybody says. And Zach Miller has shown big playability. They play Minnesota and Tampa Bay. They're not world beaters. Yep. I like Zach Miller as a definitely a fill-in. If Eifert's not starting this week, something like that. Yep. So uh, so that's all I got. I, obviously, there's more uh, waiver wire picks out there that you could select. But the idea here, the name of the game, right, is is to get you guys someone this particular week that can fill in for the players that are injured, and I don't want people to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. You know, that's uh, it's not a good habit. It's not there's a nothing, good place to there's be. There's nothing down there, man. Did we mention Brandon Bolden? Brandon Bolden? No, we didn't. He's worth mentioning for sure. After you, okay. sir. Well, with Legarrette Blunt on IR now, um, Brandon Bolden is supposed to be taking over early down work for the Patriots. Um, so they have Brandon Bolden and James White. Right. Yeah, what do so, you guys think well, will Brandon happen with Bolden that situation? Is only thirteen percent owned. Um, he was he had uh, sixteen carries last week. I'm worried that he only had fifty one yards out of it. But it was Houston. They have a good defense. They're playing Tennessee and then the Jets. Um, so 
definitely like at least for bench depth, I would be putting claims in on Bolden after you know the bigger guys that we mentioned earlier. So I, I totally agree with you, and uh, you know there's more guys out there too. My problem with Bolden is that they take him out every time they get in the red zone, so he's never going to score a touchdown within you know 10, 15 yards. Um, and James White seems to be the guy that they prefer. But yeah. you're absolutely right. If they get into a situation, and we were talking about this off the air, where they're killing the clock because they're up by a lot of points, he'll have the old blunt role, which is run as many times as you can, try to get first downs, kill the clock. Uh, and in those games, blunt would go for 180 yeah. yards. So the Patriots will be the Patriots, you know, and, uh, and Bolden could definitely be a big play. Yep. Looks good. And James White owned when 49% of the league, so He's taken, not as yeah. available. Yeah. So, you know, every, every week here on the show, we, we place a lot of bets. Uh, we do player trends, and we talk about how we feel uh, that players will perform after a noticeable trend in one direction or the other. Uh, or sometimes just, uh, you know, doing well for quite a while or poorly for quite a while, which is in itself a trend. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and last week, we, we had a couple of good ones. Uh, Jason, do you happen to have those available? Uh, yes, I do. If uh, you give me a little Jeopardy music. Not literal Jeopardy music. It's all right. All right. So thank you, Dave. (laughs) Unfortunately, we forgot to place a bet last week. Most unfortunate because I believe I'm the one who won it, ultimately. Spoiler alert. So we uh, talked about Blake Bortles. He was uh, playing very well. We wanted to know, will Bortles put up more than 20 points? We all said that, yes, he would. He put up 25.7 after only having... One point after the first half, I think. It was so bad in the first half, and I had Bortles in a number of leagues. So I'm like, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. <laughs> and then the second half, he goes out and scores like four touchdowns. It was awesome. Yeah, 250 yards, three passing touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown. He pulled an Andrew Luck. Very nice. A uh, guy who we were just talking about earlier, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, so we said, uh, since he's playing the Bears, it should be a good matchup. They're feeding him the ball. Uh, will he put up at least 12 points? And we did all say yes, and he only had 4.3 points. Two catches for 43 yards. Has something to do with him being banged up, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck Allen was um, playing very well. Uh, had 11 and then 14 and then 23 points in his three games up until last week. Um, I you know, didn't want us all to keep agreeing on the same answer, and we said, will he give up... 13 points, to which is what Seattle was giving up. Will he, will he, will, score? Will he score 13? Yeah. Which is what Seattle was giving up. And uh, I also, on the side, bet Troy Bomber on this. So I owe Troy Bomber for this. So you're saying you're saying you didn't? didn't no, happen. he most certainly didn't. He only had 3.8 <laughs> points. He had uh, 44 receiving yards and a fumble. Um, and so like a couple rushing yards. 14 rushing yards. So like yeah. nothing going on there. Poor poor Ravens. You know, I, I don't know that, we picked the, that I picked the trends, picked the lines very well last week. Uh, because I wanted to go no on that one. Well, that's okay. But, you know, that's 2020. <laughs> and finally, we had Gary Barnage, who had been struggling. And I wanted to know, will he put up 7.5 points against San Francisco? A crappy <laughs> offense. 
but played well against uh, tight ends. So Barnage had 14.4. I'm the only one who said yes. So he's a, he's all, a Barnage fan. He's, I think he's got a Gary Barnage poster. Everyone else went under on that? <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, Troy and Dave went oh, under on that. That I, would have been an automatic over for me. I just I don't yeah, understand I mean, the Johnny Manziel's relationship with his players. Uh, so Barnage had a good game, 84 yeah, yards and a touchdown. He's been good. Uh, we all tied it too. So our tiebreaker was most points in confidence for uh, this past week. And I'm not sure um, the final score on the confidence pool uh, I, I know that I was leading going into the Monday night game, but here's the thing. We didn't bet on the, the trends last week, so uh, we don't have to find out who won. But I am interested in knowing, Dave, uh, who, what are we uh, going to be looking at for the week 15 trends? Okay, well, good wrap up. It's always fun to do these. Um, and so, like I said, it's either players that are trending up or down in stats or are in a locked in like a high or low position. So with the first one, We'll be talking about Russell Wilson, who's kind of locked into that high position. Uh, he has scored 35.2, 34.06, and 32.28 in the past three weeks, each time scoring over 32 points. He has an awesome matchup against the Cleveland Browns, who aren't going to have Joe Hayden active, as far as I know, in Week 15. Uh, so that can only be good for him, right? Bad rushing defense. Uh, their top uh, pass specialist is gone. Uh, can Wilson continue his reckless tirade and score 30 or more points in this game versus Cleveland? Uh, and we'll start with Jim. Uh, yes or no is is all you need to say, sir. He will be under 30 points this week. So you say no. Oh, man. And are you just saying that to break to buck the trend? Or do you think Cleveland's defense is better than it seems? No, Cleveland's defense is terrible, but... <laughs> Maybe they'll run a lot. I don't know. Thirty points yeah. in standard scoring is a lot. Thirty points is just too much. Well, he's done it for three weeks in a row. I know he has. He's been incredible. Um, man, that's a tough one. Thirty-five, thirty-four, and thirty-two. He is trending down. <laughs> no, he's not. That's, that, is, that is not a statistical. That is, false. that is not a trend down. That's within the. Uh, uh, he has uh, thirteen touchdowns over the last three weeks. Sixteen in the last four weeks. That's awesome. He plays Cleveland. I don't think he needs to score that many points against Cleveland. He may not. Johnny Manziel can't put up more than That's 20 a good points point. to save his life. Oh, man. 30 points. You want 30. You must answer, sir. Are you going to say yes? I can't tell you what I'm going to say. We're going <laughs> clockwise. Mm, I mean, you could tell me. You can start the That's next fine. one. fine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> nah. oh, I really want to say yes, but I really think I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to say no. All right. Well, I'm going to say yes because, damn it, he's on a roll and he's going to he's going to kick the <laughs> crap out of the Browns. I saw that like a little earlier tonight that he has been in over 30 in standard scoring. Isn't that incredible? Oh man, you know you talk about a guy coming on late. Like he had problems getting the offense going, and now they're just they're just gangbusters. And I wish I had Russell Wilson. If you active. said twenty five, I would have gone over twenty five. Hey, well, that's why I put the line where With I put thirty. Well, I mean, let's look at it seriously. He's done it for the last three weeks, so you gotta you can't go twenty five. That'd be too easy. Who were those teams he played? Uh, he last three weeks, he played San Francisco at home, Pittsburgh at home, and then he was. Or I'm sorry, he played Pittsburgh at home, at Minnesota, at Baltimore. Against San Francisco, he had 25 points. So as far as defenses are concerned, I mean, you can lump Cleveland in there with those guys uh, at a similar level, I suppose. Uh, Robert Turbin, 
uh, been mixed in more and more the past few weeks to spell McFadden. And he's been running pretty well, actually. Last week against the Packers, he had seven carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. He's uh, scored 1.2 points, 2.4 points, and 11.1 points in the last three. As the Cowboys look to uh, spell McFadden uh, towards the end of the season, because let's be honest, I mean, that guy's injury prone, and, and they haven't been able to find a decent running back to all year. It looks like they may have found one in Robert Turbin, who performed really admirably on Seattle as the backup for Marshawn Lynch. So I'm not expecting the world against the Jets' uh, rushing defense, but can Turbin score five points or more? And uh, Jason gets to start here. Um. Yes. Oh, he's on Dallas. <laughs> That's step number one, sir. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> Five. I was thinking he was on Cleveland still. No, no. But he was. Five points. Five points versus the Jets defense spelling Darren McFadden. He's only done it once this year, and it was last week. He's projected for 5.04 <laughs> in Yahoo. Well, you better take Yahoo's word for it. Oh, yes. You'd go far doing that, I'm sure. Uh, what, so, What's the word, sir? Mm, I'm going to have to say... I think these are hard ones. No. Huh? This is a hard one. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, are you recording these? Because yeah. I must sidebar, we didn't uh, decide to bet on anything for this either. Uh, yeah, we didn't do it yet. Correct. Okay. I have that in my notes. All right. I said, we did not bet on anything last week. Do not do that again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Jason says no. I say yes. Jim says... They play the Jets. I'm going to say no. All right. So in both of these, both of you have said no, and I have said yes both times. So if I win only one of them, we are tied. But likely I'll win too. Although Turbin has the biggest biceps in the league, so he, he could just punch people out of the way. It's between, <laughs> it's between him and Ed Hockley, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Woods has increased his fantasy production in the past few weeks. He scored 2.5, 7.9, and 10.6 points in the last three matchups. Uh, we don't know if Charles Clay is going to be active or not, but if he's not active, that should really only give more targets to Robert Woods. He goes up against Washington, uh, who allows 242 passing yards per game, and they're giving up the eighth most points to wide receivers in the NFL. In Week 15, can Robert Woods score a somewhat respectable eight points in standard scoring? And I go first. I say yes. Jim. One second. Jim wants to be <laughs> negative all night. That's fine. You can you can uh, take a take a little look see. So. Um, I'm not up to date on my Robert Woods. As far as Buffalo is concerned, uh, I've I've been interested all year because Tyrod Taylor, if you remember in the first half of the season, was one of the best quarterbacks, uh, if not, well, he wasn't the best, but one of the best quarterbacks in the league is fantasy point scoring. He got injured a couple nights ago or a couple weeks ago. Wasn't it a Buffalo game that was on Monday night or Sunday night football where he was really uh, showing signs of injury and Tyrod. in the chest area. Yeah, it was a primetime game. I yeah. mean, it was a Thursday night game that they played. So, I mean, that's tough. He's been asked to do a lot this year. But with Sammy Watkins doing really well down the stretch, that opens up all kinds of opportunities for the other receivers on the team. Sammy and Watkins is a top 10 play this week for us. He's awesome. Uh, Jim, have you decided? So, eight points standard scoring? Yes. I will say under. 
No, he says. Oh, wow. I will say over. I will go with yes. And Jason he says will, yes. He will do it. I'm saying yes on all of them. Just yes. <laughs> Austin Safarian Jenkins has only played four games this season and put up exactly three receptions for 31 yards in the last two. Vincent Jackson will probably miss Week 15's matchup against the Rams. Will Austin Safarian Jenkins be able to score eight or more fantasy points this week, making him fantasy relevant once more? Remember that in both games, uh, he had touchdown passes that weren't great that he wasn't able to bring in. So in both of those games, there was some alternate universe where he did score over eight points. And in the beginning of the season, he was very highly used. In fact, last week, he was still the second uh, targeted receiver on the team. I think that he is going to be great down the stretch. I don't know what happened to Tampa Bay last week, but I don't think it's ASJ's fault that nobody on that team scored a lot of points. So I am not going first. That's fine. <laughs> what was the point? Actually, what's the line? It's be actually like? back to yeah. Jim. What was the point? Yeah, you have to say eight or more fantasy eight or points. More. So against the Rams, what say you, sir? With no Rams. Vincent Jackson. Basically, I mean... Mike need, Evans. Can you name any other wide receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Not one that's playing. I know Lewis Murphy, but he's out. On the Bucks. Uh, is there anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> they literally only have Mike Evans. They're not 6'3 or over. Anyway. I'm going to say over because I can't think of a single other person they would throw this to. This is my point. <laughs> it's process of elimination. Yeah. You have to go with ASJ. There's no other people on the team. They have Charles uh, Sims is a receiver. They have Dantia Dye and Adam Humphreys. Oh, of course. And Russell Shepard. <laughs> I'm not familiar with those players, no. Neither am I. <laughs> Neither am I. They have Doug Martin and Charles Sims. That's what they have. So So what do you say? Will he score eight or more points, or will he uh, again be in fantasy irrelevancy? I, I think that he's a good tight end, and good tight ends put up eight or more points against this defense. Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed, Gary Barnage, Zach Miller, Crockett Gilmore, Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. I, I say yes. All right. And I also say yes. So we do agree on that last one. That's great. Um, so uh, it looks like we have uh, enough variance in here uh, that we probably won't run into a tie. But you can never tell. So the tiebreaker is how many yards will Brock Eisweiler throw for against the Steelers? And it'll just be closest, not closest without going over. Uh, and so I think that we should start with uh, with our... Well, no, I'll, I'll start with me. Um, so I think Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit sloppy, even though they're getting better. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Vernon Davis, they, there are weapons on that team. They should do well. So... Brock Eisweiler should be able to throw for 220 yards against the Steelers. And that's my guess. Interesting. I think this could be a game where he's going to need to throw the ball. Because I see Pittsburgh putting up some points. Against Denver, I love it. See, I love that. That's great. (laughs) I'm going to go... Not overreact on it, but I'm going to say 253 yards. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think I lean more towards Jim's line of thinking. You know, Osweiler's averaging about 230 yards per game, but the Steelers are giving up almost 300 yards passing per game, probably because Ben Roethlisberger is throwing so much on the other team. 
So, um, I'm going to say 265. I thought you were going to say 254. I thought about the really <laughs> But you're a guest, so I'm not going to do that to you. The price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, this is... Sometimes I don't have to pick 260. <laughs> sometimes it's ruthless in here, you know? I don't know. Well, great job, guys. So, our trends bets, we have to bet on something. Obviously, we could bet on a bomb or we could bet on a special situation. Um, you know, we're we're people that, that do end up uh, getting together uh, more than a couple times a year. So, what can we do that would be an interesting thing, but not, not too expensive because this is not the big bet. It's the little one. Uh, any ideas from the table? You're supposed to have this in your notes, Dave. <laughs> well, you wouldn't like it if I just determined what all the bets were. Uh, how about loser cooks a five-course meal for the rest? <laughs> no, that, that's, a, that's a big bet. That's a big well, bet. Well, it doesn't have to be an expensive five-course meal. It, it could be, be like a... Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> microwave pizza rolls. <laughs> oh, my God. The loser has to cook the cheapest five-course meal that they can think of. We do a, we do a chopped... Uh, style show where you spend less than $5 at the grocery store. <laughs> You're like, you have jelly beans and an egg. You can only buy frozen foods. <laughs> Here's your peanut butter. <laughs> oh. uh, well, I like that idea. Well, maybe we can use that. But, but what I'm going to suggest is that the, uh, that the losers both have to buy the winner um, a, a, a humongous version of whatever their uh, favorite candy is. Does that, does that seem appropriate? Seems like Jason has a box of humongous candy out there right now. Well, let's try it's again. It's no one's favorite, though. Trust me. He's got. He's no got, one's favorite is expired candy. He's got all the expired Starbursts and gum. It's a terrible mixture. That's a great gift for a holiday party. Yeah. Expired Starburst and expired gum. Hmm. Well, we could do. Uh, we could do another brewery or something. I'm not sure. Hmm. I like the first thing you said. What's that? That was pretty neat. A giant version of whatever. Is that okay with you guys? I think so. I like it. You're the only one here who doesn't like candy. Oh, I like candy. I just don't eat it. <laughs> There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, so, giant version of whatever candy the winner prefers. Uh, both losers must buy one for him. This is the answer. Also, oh, you get two if you win. That's right. That's badass. Okay, so uh, congratulations uh, to all of us for completing that portion of the show. Uh, now, uh, after a short musical interlude, we will move into the fantasy portion, of the, portion of the show. Yeah, the fantasy portion of the show. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of the show, we, we were grounded in reality. We're, we're actually truth tellers. We're, we're warlocks. Where's the BBR? Is this the whiskey interlude? Oh, whiskey interlude, yeah. That's a good idea. I'll go get that. Alright, thank you. <laughs> Are we still alive? Oh, yeah. Oh. I didn't know if the music meant there's a break. <laughs> Talk to the people. Well, there is a break, we're just still alive. Yeah. All right, so while, uh, while Jason goes and, and gets us a little bit of liquid refreshment, and by that I mean uh, shots of Elijah Craig, which is not a bad and not a good bourbon. It just is a bourbon. Uh, 
Or it could be scotch. I'm not sure. This is a... Tasted like bourbon. This is an unusual situation. We're never really sure. That's trouble when you... Oh. You didn't know if he was bringing scotch. Well, I mean, we carry multiple whiskeys at the house, so you never know which one you'll get. Um, in any case, I'd like to take this opportunity while he's preparing those to just remind everyone again who's listening to us after the fact that you can go ahead and follow us on Stitcher or iTunes under Drink 5 Network and the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, one note as an interlude is I would I would really like... I love that sound. To change, sound. I'd like to change the name of the podcast itself to something uh, football-oriented, but not cheesy. So if anybody has any recommendations, please let us know uh, at Dave at Drink5.com or Jason at Drink5.com what your recommendations are for the name of the show. Maybe next year we'll, uh, we'll come back with a, a more interesting, uh, interesting name. But I don't want something like Goal Line Snap or something. I mean, I just think that sounds too cheeseball. But... Fantasy Football Podcast, well... I don't know what you got against Drink 5. Well, Drink 5 is not the name of the show. It's the Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. And the Fantasy Football Podcast, while Johnny on the spot, is a little generic for me, that's all. We should call it Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. <laughs> because everyone loves that. Single Malt Fantasy Football. If we can work it into football, man, I'm game. <laughs> Single Malt Fantasy Football, I like that. <laughs> well, I like bourbon. What can I do? Cast, cask aged fantasy football <laughs> barrel aged uh, see I don't know <laughs> something anyway uh, what we will do now is we will launch into a uh, mini fantasy game Jason why don't you explain the rules okay so what we're going to do is based on our rankings Dave's going to say hey guys we'll go with the 10th 11th and 12th running back and uh, we'll fill in a whole fantasy lineup that way by just picking through those three guys so it's a quick draft, Jim. You'll go first on the first round, and you get to pick a position, and then you get to pick first at that position. Okay. And then I'll go second, and Dave uh, last, or Dave can start. Uh, whatever we want to do. Okay. Uh, uh, and we usually have. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you continue. Oh, and it's basically just a standard scoring lineup, uh, just like our Drink Five League that you're in with us. Um, we'll fill up a standard roster: quarterback, two running backs, three wideouts, tight end, kicker, defense. Uh, we just have to think of something uh, to bet on is is the main thing. And then if anybody gets injured, you get the replacement guy is the next one down. Um, but, yeah, pretty straightforward. So uh, as, as far as bets for this particular operation, um, we can think about it uh, or we could come up with something right now. So we, we did mention a, sort of a dinner operation, which is always a possibility. We've had pizza bets. We've had brewery bets. Uh, there's only two episodes left in this season that we'll, uh, that we'll be doing this. Um, so we should make it something good. Um, I don't know. Any, any ideas off the top of your head, boys? Brewery bet sounds fun. I heard there's something called the Scorched Earth Brewery. There is. In, it's an excellent brewery area. right near your house, in fact. It smells like yeast. <laughs> You've been there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. Well, why don't we go ahead and do that then? That'll be fun. Uh, so last time so, we, we did a bet, we, we had uh, the losers uh, buy a flight for yeah, the winner. Right. I, I, have a, I have a different... I was thinking something as well. well what do you have? Well, offer? I was going to suggest, because um, they don't have food there, but you can order food, The uh, one of the losers must buy the winner a flight, and the other loser must buy a pizza. How do you determine which one buys which? Uh, well, I would say that the, the, <laughs> the losingest loser, the last place, would have to buy the pizza, and then the second place has to buy... 
you know, around for everyone. Okay, but we have to work rock, paper, scissors in there somewhere because that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then in first place, I don't know, loses Rochambeau like five times. They have to pay for everything. No, 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 no. That would be terrible. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll do something like that. Okay, so loser buys a pizza, second place buys the flight for the winner. Uh, well, I was going to say second place has to buy a round. Okay, so loser buys a pizza, second place buys a round. So okay. a pizza, you know, pizza to get delivered there is going to be like maybe 25 or 30 bucks. And first and place, a round there is going to cost like 15 bucks. Yeah. First place doesn't spend any money until he's had pizza and beer. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Well, uh, you're recording these, correct? Uh, I will write down that. Just that? Well, that part to start with. <laughs> and there is a brand new Lou Malnati's in the area, so that's Really? Where, where are they going to lose? Uh, in Cary. They just opened it. Yeah, they oh, opened it okay. like two weeks ago, like right after your uh, dental surgery. They opened it the day after I had my wisdom teeth pulled. <laughs> so I didn't get to enjoy it until about a week and you a know, half you after. Can, you can blend deep dish pizza into a delicious drink. <laughs> yeah. I should have done that. No, I'm not said sure. said I was drinking in sure. You can blend deep dish pizza. That much is true. Delicious drink. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Okay, so here's how we're going to do this. I have all of the numbers already written down. Uh, we've just finished our rankings. If anybody is interested in what they are, you can visit uh, the Week 15 Rankings article, which is up on drink5.com. And if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, they changed all throughout the week. Um, and our rankings are also posted on fantasypros.com. Great website, lots they're, of information. I would, I would, they're updated throughout the week. They don't change a whole lot. Well, they're updated. That means they change. Sure. That's true. <laughs> literally true. Uh, quite literally. Uh, so, fantasy game begins. Misleading. Jim, you get to pick a position to go first. So, quarterback, wide receiver, one through three, running back, one through two, tight end, defense, kicker. You pick one, and then you get to pick the first uh, uh, out of the first three guys. Um, what would you like to start with? Let's go running back first. Okay, running back one or running back two? Um, running back... Two. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, running back two is 15, 16, 17. So, you have to choose from Eddie Lacy at Oakland, Frank Gore versus Houston, Latavius Murray versus Green Bay. I think I'm going to go with Eddie Lacy. Well, that's one I don't have to pick. <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, Frank Gore or Latavius Murray? Oh, boy. I know, right? Oh, boy. Murray plays Green Bay. Gore plays Houston. Yeah, I gotta go with Latavius Murray. He's my guy. All right, then I get the old but still credible Frank Gore. <laughs> the old but still credible. <laughs> <laughs> Is he gonna get a thousand yards this year? Uh, probably, because that would be absolutely bonkers. Has it been like eleven years now that he's gotten a thousand or something? Oh man, I think like I was a child when he started that streak. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you're pretty old. <laughs> Unless, like, 22 is a child, which, you know, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> He's never been under 1,000 yards, right? Well, I don't know about that. He I, just, he has maybe a when super, he first started. He has a really long stretch, and every single year, Jason and I are like, Woo, he's, well, Gore's, this is it. Gore's not going to have it anymore. We've had like three shows you know that what, were the end love, of Frank Gore's you career. You love these guys' <laughs> nicknames. Did I tell you what his nickname is listed as? Gore? Yeah. What? The Inconvenient Truth. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's hmm. he's at seven hundred and sixty-two. <laughs> Wait, there's Al Gore. He just went over there. He flew away. He's at seven hundred and sixty-two yards this year. He won't make it. He's down. only averaging sixty a game. He he's not on pace to make it this year. Um, <laughs> the this, only years when he didn't make it was when he only played eleven games for San Francisco in his rookie year. Watch this week. He'll have two hundred, and I'll destroy you guys. That's right. Pizza and beer. Bring it on. <laughs> but yeah, 
of the previous nine seasons, he had eight over a thousand. Okay, are you writing these down just for my record? All the random things we're talking about, Frank Gore. No, no. <laughs> I've got everything else that's important. Great. I've got a. Novel I would like to go right with now. the quarterback, Dave. The quarterback. I would also like to take this shot. Oh, that's let's a good do that. idea. Not over the computers. So that's also a good idea. Ah. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I hear there's been some bad issues with that. There may have been to a past computer. <laughs> uh, okay, so quarterbacks, we're talking about 9, 10, 11. That gives us Blake Bortles versus Atlanta. Great matchup. Philip Rivers versus Miami. Great Bortles. Holy Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger versus Denver. That's actually kind of tough, uh, but I think you're going to take Bortles. I am definitely going to take Bortles. I'm going to take Roethlisberger. Of course you're going to take Roethlisberger. So I think I'll take Rivers. Philip Rivers! <laughs> <laughs> With a good matchup against Miami. He does have a good matchup. But he has no one to throw to. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Dontrell Inman or Stevie Johnson will get themselves healthy. That's true. I mean, that's I mean, what they, they need. Their injuries they need aren't receiver. severe. They have a Malcolm Floyd that like really shouldn't be playing. Why is he playing? I don't know. I, I'm so confused Because Antonio Gates convinced him to play. It's killing him. He talked him into it. I mean, uh, it's, it's killing him. It's literally killing him. It, it's his last season, so I guess he just wants to be out there. But yeah, I hear that. Still. Man, I... He's playing because he wants to play. That's that's how it works. And Antonio Gates. And Antonio Gates. <laughs> Bro, you got to play. And Antonio Gates, when he tells you to do something, you probably do it. His Antonio Gates impression. I'm just... He's an enormous man. It must sound, like, scary, right? <laughs> I, I, yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, so, I'm going to go with uh, the running back one position. We picked running back two already. Running back one is 10, 11, 12. And that is Matt Forte at Minnesota. Jonathan Stewart at the Giants, and Javorius Allen versus Kansas City. So this is a tough uh, call, uh, really is. And I am tempted to pick Forte, but and just just uh, for side note, the fill-in would be Tim Hightower because uh, Jonathan Stewart's questionable. Right. Uh, if if he doesn't end up playing because he's day to day with uh, some kind of sprain or something. Oh, boy. So, if I pick Jonathan Stewart, then uh, it's like there's a percentage chance I get Tim Hightower. Kansas City's got to get I'd rather have defense. Jonathan Stewart. Forte versus Minnesota. Hmm. All right. Uh, I, I will go ahead and take Matt Forte. I was going to take Stewart, but... He is he is sort of injured. I don't know who's left. Stewart and you have Stewart versus uh, or at New York Giants and Javorius Allen, Buck Allen versus Kansas City. And if Stewart doesn't play, or if Allen doesn't play, or if Forte doesn't play, the first uh, hmm. one is is Tim Hightower. Who do the Saints play? Who do the Saints play? Buck. They play Detroit. Detroit in New Orleans. I'm going to go with Stewart, just because I think it'll be Hightower. <laughs> That'll work for you, I suppose. I liked rooting for Hightower. It was great. I was like, Hightower! There's too much volume there to I agree. To He's going to get 20, 25 carries, yeah. and he'll probably get a touchdown. But Stewart's been playing awesome. He gets Stewart as number three. I bet he's probably happy. Oh, I mean, that. I'll be fine. Oh, you took Stewart. I took Stewart. He gets I'll be Allen. fine if Stewart plays. Yeah, Buck Allen's been good, too. We'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean he was been he's been very good except for last week against yeah. But the problem is that now, uh, what's his face is gone. Joe Flacco is gone. He's yeah, screwed. 
<laughs> so quarterback, running back one, running back two, they're all gone, right? Correct. So who are we? We're on Jim. On Jim, and you can pick from any of the wide receivers, tight end, kicker, defense. Let's make this one a tight end. All right. So the tight end to choose from is three, four, five. Uh, oh. And that is Greg Olson at New York Giants, and he might not play. Uh, Antonio Gates versus Miami, or Delaney Walker at New England. And if Greg Olson doesn't end up playing, or any of the other guys, the fill-in is Jordan Reed versus Buffalo. So Olson at the Giants, Gates versus Miami, Walker at New England. All three that could put up big numbers. Are you going to go all Panthers? I was thinking about it. <laughs> but then I was thinking I got that Philip Rivers-Antonio Gates combination. Ooh, stack your receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Olsen. Greg Olsen. Interesting. I mean, I do feel like he's kind of the obvious pick. Uh, and I don't mind the backup as well. Uh, I want to go with... Delaney Walker. Oh, I love Walker. Even though it's yeah. New England, he gets tons of targets. Well, that's the thing is that last week he had a ton of targets, and most of them were in garbage time. If he's the garbage time favorite, there's going to be some garbage time this week. All right. It looks like I get Gates' two-touchdown performance versus Miami. Oh, yeah. He'll have two touchdowns. Not going to sweat it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Seriously? <laughs> well, I mean, Delaney Walker might have a bigger game, but... Gates will have like 30 yards and two touchdowns. All right, I love it. Because that's a Gates thing. I'll take your Delaney Walker will have like 20 points. So, Yeah, Walker's been good. Yeah. Um, it is your turn now, sir. We got tight end out of the way. So wide receivers, defense, or kicker? All right, give me the WR1. Okay. Uh, WR1 in this situation is dun, 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 five, six, seven. You have to choose between Brandon Marshall at Dallas, Alshon Jeffrey, at Minnesota, or Antonio Brown versus Denver. This is a really tough decision. Aww. <laughs> the, only, the only guy I like in that group is someone who I really don't want to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. I'm taking Brandon Marshall. I want to win. Why don't you like him? He's fantastic. Yeah. Wait, is Brandon Marshall the guy you didn't like? Yeah, he's one of them. I think him and Decker are both top ten receivers this year. I, I don't like him because I see him on Inside the NFL, and I don't like him on that show. Stop watching that show. What does that I, have to do? I try not to. I try not to. What does that have to do with his football performance, sir? Exactly. That's why I picked his ass. Oh, right. You picked his ass. I picked his ass. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it got weird. All right. So, Brandon Marshall, probably what I would have picked, too, to be honest. I, I love Antonio Brown, and I love having the ability to pick him. And I don't care how good Denver is because Antonio Brown is awesome and I'm going to pick him. When you've got the Ben Roethlisberger-Antonio Brown connection. That could be pretty good. Or not nothing yeah. And you've got the Antonio-Antonio <laughs> connection. Well, that means you get Jeffrey. These, all, all three of those receivers are great. So, And Matt and Frank. Wow. Your team has a bunch of interesting names on it. <laughs> uh, is it my turn then? It is your turn. So we'll go down the line and I'll do wide receiver two. The wide receiver two in this case is 9, 10, 11. That's Sammy Watkins at Washington, Larry Fitzgerald at Philadelphia, or Calvin Johnson at New Orleans. Really stuck with Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and Calvin Johnson at the Saints. That's like, he could score like five touchdowns. In I know, but neither days. of you are going to take him. Well, I can't speak for him, but I'm going to take... Uh, Sammy Watkins. I, I think I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. <laughs> yeah. So he was... Calvin Johnson and who else? You can have Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald. And Fitz. Fitzgerald at Phil, 
Fitzgerald at Philadelphia or uh, Calvin Johnson at New Orleans. Both could be really nice matchups. I'm just going to write in both of them. All right, Jason. I'll take Calvin Johnson. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I wrote. It's good to have uh, receivers against the Saints. It really is. Unless you're Tampa Bay uh, receivers. That could be a really high-scoring game. So Detroit, New Orleans, yeah. Like... Forty to forty. Isn't yeah. that a Monday night game or something like that? I'm not. A, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, actually I am. It is Monday. Uh, Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna suck. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be <laughs> it's all not, Tim it's Hightower. Not the Thursday night game. <laughs> Tim, Tim Hightower is gonna score two hundred yards and like. Uh, no, the Thursday night game will suck too. It's the Bucks and the Rams. Ooh. And the Jets play the Cowboys on Saturday night, but I think that'll be a good game. All right. Well, Jim, wide receiver three, defense or kicker. Wide receiver three. Wide receiver three is 14, 15, 16. That's Jeremy Macklin at Baltimore, Demarius Thomas at Pittsburgh, or Eric Decker at Dallas. Jeez. So, Macklin at Baltimore, Thomas at Pittsburgh, Decker at Dallas. I'm going to go Demarius Thomas. I think those other two guys are in really low-scoring games. Macklin or Decker, Jason? Um, I don't think I want Marshall and Decker. I mean, <laughs> I have them on my team. <laughs> they seem to be doing well for me. At the beginning of the year, this is a dynasty league I'm in, and at the beginning of the year, I had Decker and Marshall, and I was like, man, they both got traded to the Jets. Decker was doing okay, now Marshall moves in. Is there really enough room on the New York Jets for two receivers? They're both top ten receivers. You're just lucky Geno Smith isn't the quarterback there. You're right. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has made it okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The beard. The beard. Thank you. The beard. Uh, well, I'll be taking Jeremy Macklin. You know, they're playing in Baltimore. Baltimore just gave up five passing touchdowns. I think that Macklin at least gets one more. Well, good luck. I, you have to rub your Alex Smith uh, um, statue that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with defense, Dave. I'll take Eric Decker. Because uh, Eric, Eric Decker has been scoring points. He's the uh, default receiver. <laughs> and and here we go. Jason's turn to pick between defense and kicker. His favorite positions. Defense. Defense. My De- slightly less not favorite <laughs> position. Uh, defense hey, is. Me too. <laughs> defense is five six seven, and that is Carolina Panthers uh, at New York Giants. Yep. The Jets at Dallas or the Cardinals at Philadelphia. Oh. So. Panthers, Jets, Cardinals. Now the Give pan- me that Panther action. Let me explain a little bit about the defensive rankings I have. The Panthers are usually, for me, ranked really high, but in this particular situation, they do lose a couple points just because they're playing the Giants, and I expect the Giants to score more points than uh, the previous couple matchups against Carolina. So they'll lose a couple points off the bat. But they're an awesome defense. The other ones are the Jets at Dallas and the Cardinals at Philadelphia. Are you choosing the Panthers? Yeah. Okay. Because so, they didn't lose any points last week. So between the, the Jets at Dallas and the Cardinals at Philadelphia, um, I think... You see, did pick three road teams. That's tough. This is another tough one to choose because the Jets could shut out a Matt Castle-led Dallas. But the Cardinals have a really good defense, and Philadelphia is so unpredictable. Hmm. In this case, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals because the Jets' defense, I think, has been slipping a little bit in the past couple weeks. All right, Jim gets the New York football Jets. 
So, Dave, uh, you get to start us off with the kickers. So, my turn to pick the kickers, and I picked one, two, three for the kickers. And one, two, three are, any anyone care to guess? Jim? Kaskowski. Um, <laughs> yes. Yep. Gano. No. No. Boswell. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> any yeah, more, any more kickers? Talk. You know any more kickers? John Brown. <laughs> nope. Cantons. Yes, Cantonsaro. Oh. And uh, one more. Uh, and Stephen Hoshka. Oh, Hoshka. So it goes Hoshka, Goskowski, and then Catanzaro. Basically, uh, it's based on their matchups. And I think I will go ahead and take Stephen Hoshka um, in a game where Seattle should dominate Cleveland. Uh, so the other two matchups are Goskowski from New England versus Tennessee and Catanzaro from Arizona at Philadelphia. So I will take the Patriots kicker. Goskowski. Uh, all three of these being one, two, three are, are pretty good matchups. So uh, we'll have kickers that should do well. Congratulations to us. So, Dave, who's your guy again? Uh, Hoshka. Is it a V or a PH? You're not familiar <laughs> with kickers, are you? I try not to be. It's H A U S C H K A. Vauska. Well, yeah, I meant the Steven part of it. Oh, it's a V. And Jim, your kicker is Gostkowski? Yeah. That's a PH. Yes. Oh, so you know Steven Gostkowski, but you don't know Steven Hoshka. Please, Dave. <laughs> All right, he's a he's a closet Patriots fan. That's obvious. <laughs> Here's the Tom Brady poster next They're to the They're part Alex of the Evil statue. League of Evil. Yeah. Have you seen that subreddit on Reddit? Well, yes. The Evil League of Evil. It's, it's like seven of the like franchises. No, it's six really good franchises and the Bears for some reason. The Bears are included in that? Why? Yeah, because they're such a popular team, I think. Bad News Bears. Yeah, dumb shit like that. It's because of uh, the, the... The other teams are all really good. It's, yeah. It's because they, of the old the old goals. female owner of the Bears who is, oh, is secretly like a, a part of some vast conspiracy in the NFL. I heard she's the new villain in the Star Wars movie. Exactly. Spoilers. <laughs> See, everyone thought it was that, that new guy. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Ren or whatever his name is, yeah. No, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. That, yeah, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. You I think so? No, I don't. I think totally Luke Skywalker will be killed off in the first five minutes of the movie. That would be great. I would love He'll that. He'll come back as the Joker. No. <laughs> he comes okay. back in a ghost form. Haven't you seen Star Wars? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Everyone's going to literally kill us <laughs> So for giving all the spoilers away. Okay, so we, we have all of the uh, of the bets and all the, the things locked down. Is that correct, Jay? Yeah. Okay, great. So before we end the show, I did want to talk to you just for a moment, Jim, about uh, you write a column uh, for Drink 5, which is about uh, daily fantasy sports. Now, just very briefly, um, let me let me know what you guys think, Jason and, and Jim, uh, about DFS going forward. It's going through this crazy uh, sort of breakdown right now where all the state's legislature and the federal government is kind of doing a lot of research based on whether or not it should be legal, et cetera. People are cracking down. Do you think we'll we'll see FanDuel and DraftKings as viable entities that you can play uh, in five years? I think we will, but it's going to be regulated. Um, I, I compare it to online poker. Mm-hmm. They went through uh, a time when the government came and just basically shut it down, but now that is coming back, but it's being regulated so they can get their tax money out of it. Um, so I, I do see it viable. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. You say same thing, Jason. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it, it's very possible that we don't get to play it next year or something like that. But like Jim said, like it's got to be regulated, um, and I want it to be regulated. I don't want it to be like a free market the way it is because obviously there's people who uh, can take advantage of that. 
there needs to be uh, certain things in place, certain penalties in place for people who uh, can take advantage of something that everyone else can't. So um, that being said, you know, I I, don't, I didn't do that well in FanDuel this year. Like, I don't know that I would play every year necessarily. I, I, I might play again next year, but um, unless I have a balance carrying over, I'm there's like a 50-50 chance at best that I play. Hmm. Well, and now they're requiring you to provide them your social security number to even right, play any contest. Have all kinds which, of tax information and stuff. For me, I'm not sure I want to provide that information on their site just for security reasons, for identity theft. Sure. Yeah, I mean, your identity's probably already been stolen from several locations. And they just haven't used it yet. I mean, nothing's really secure on the internet, in my opinion. But but I get it. You ask for more and more info, people get shy. Um, myself, I'm pretty much at exactly the same level I was when I started the season. I have like $20 in my account. I just won 15 bucks this last week. I started with $20. So I've, I've put money in. I've won money. I've lost money. I'm exactly the same place I was. But I'm playing 2 and $5 matchups. I'm not playing $50, $100 matchups. Right. It's not giving me the opportunity to win $1,000. I'm, I'm winning 20 and losing you have to Yeah, you have to get first place in those things to win a significant amount of money. Yeah, the top 10 in a $5 league goes from like 10000 to like 500 And here's the thing. Quick. This is what we're all talking about. Like, how much money can I win doing it? We all figure that we should be better than half the people playing. Well, we all figure that we should be able to win money on it. But that's, What I'm saying is we're not playing it for entertainment purposes. Right, but because we have plenty of fantasy football to play. Well, I'm kind of playing it for entertainment purposes. I don't know. I find the year-long fantasy much more enjoyable, rather than the daily fantasy. Well, there's there's much more satisfaction winning a, a there year really long, is. Than, or just winning week to week. Well, it's a build-up, yeah. Unless on the weekly fantasy, you win the grand prize and it's like two hundred thousand. Like yeah. that's going to take the cake over everything. But right. I don't know. Maybe if, uh, like, you could do daily fantasy leagues. Well, you haven't won a lot of money. Like if, 10 if, guys. if you won $500 on a DFS, you'd be like, this is the best thing ever. I mean, I would I would enjoy it, but <laughs> I'm playing it for money. I, I, still, is my point. I understand what you're saying. I, I'm playing it for entertainment, too. So I, I want another thing to follow along and look at and, and you know. But, but I get it. I, I understand your perspective. Um, I, I must say, though, if, if you want to double up, it seems to me that the best way to play this would be just to play the double ups every single week. And you probably would double up your money because you probably are better than half the people playing it. But you'd have to do like $2 double ups so you don't have the, you know, the experts in there. Um, and it's, true. it's kind of a boring way to play is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd rather play 5 or $10 ones where you can win a lot of money. Although I never win a lot of money. So maybe that's a bad strategy. I don't know. I like I was playing the other day, thinking about it, and it reminded me of the lottery. But that doesn't make sense. It just remind like like the the odds that the chances that I feel that I have of winning like the high prizes on FanDuel felt like you know a scratch off card on the lottery. Like I'll win it maybe once uh, you know every couple months, but it's really not going to happen, and it's not going to pay off in the long run. No, those big tournaments are like that because there's so few amount of people that actually win the big prizes. Right. Even if you break that threshold to get into the money, you're just getting double. What yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My best was a quintuple up, and like I got, you know, twelve or ten dollars. It wasn't, uh, I, and I I did very well that week. Well, I just won twenty bucks, and I was seven hundredth out of thirty four thousand, or something like that. Right, but you probably needed to get to like one hundredth to like. 
when right. it's something that would have been substantial. Well, sure, but if I can, you know, double up or quadruple up like most of the time or break even the whole season, then I it's something I'll do. You know, and that's that's how I feel about gambling in general, though. Like if I go out and I lose five times in a row, I'm I'm not going to want to gamble anymore. But that sure. that hasn't been my experience. You know, just recently we we made a bunch of money, and I don't gamble that often. Maybe that's why. Uh, I think those people that gamble all the time are the ones that end up uh, the negative balance. <laughs> um, anyway, what I wanted to get to before we close out the show is uh, with the DFS stuff uh, and with fantasy football in general, and maybe you can tie it together, um, working sort of in an industry like you do where you handle statistics and equations and things like that on a daily basis, uh, do you think there are particular statistics that you could use to to really model and uh, and give yourself a better chance of winning? For example, we have uh, an algorithm here that we've developed in-house just to do our rankings. And of course, there's manual input as well. But it has uh, done pretty well for us. For example, last week we were number 11 overall on Fantasy Pros for the, for the experts out of 115, I think now it is, that, that participate on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's like between 115 and 120 usually. Um, but a lot of it seems like there's a whole lot of randomness. So I guess what I'm asking is, is twofold. One, is there any particular statistic you think works better than others? And two, uh, how do you deal with like waves of randomness when you're trying to uh, organize numbers in, uh, in a reasonable and logical way? Those are tricky questions. Um, <laughs> yes, I and I think the people that are consistently making money on these sites have built or are using statistical models. Yeah, where they have a lot so, of different things and they just play all the different right, variations. I, I mean, you're looking at the statistics of the players, but it's also an optimization problem because you have the salary issue. Yeah. Um, for me personally, though, when I'm picking players, I'm looking at I want to stack a quarterback and a wide receiver together, and I'm looking at a game that I expect there to be a lot of points scored. So, so first of all, if, if you if you stack those two guys together, then if you don't hit, then you're going to lose. Exactly. But, but if, you, uh, if you do hit, then you could win more money. So it, it depends on the game you're playing. I always play in the Sunday Million, which in that you want to have the high upside. So that's if I come in the middle and just get conservative guys and maybe I'll cash, but I'm going for the grand prize. So that's why I want to stack a quarterback and a wide receiver just to increase my upside. Sure. Um, but I, I, I want to look at a game where I expect it to be 40 to 40, something like that. Like the highest scoring game out there for the week. Yeah. So like you could take Vegas lines, which I use to do my defensive rankings. Uh, and you could say like, these are supposed to be the highest scoring based on the Vegas odds. And then you play the players from those teams because Vegas odds are probably the most predictive and logical of, of any odds anywhere. That's a good way to they have good minds it. working yes. on that problem. Yeah. Okay. So th- that's usually where I start with my lineup. Uh, for running backs, I want to grab guys that are going to get high volume, high amount of touches. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in FanDuel particularly, it's half-point PPR, so if they're catching passes out of the backfield all the better. Right. Um, but there, there's week to week injuries happen. So there's always guys that are really cheap. So that's where I look for my value is at running back. Um, if one starter goes down and there's someone coming up and they have, that team has no one else to run the ball. You can get some guy for 
almost the minimum price that's going to get 20-plus touches in that game. Yeah, just like we, we discussed over the year or two past in fantasy football, where wide receivers are almost always more consistent at their higher levels, and running backs are almost always more injury-prone, and it's the, the lower guys that can have a good game in any given Sunday. Right. So that f- falls true for you as well. Bryce Brown is going to be super cheap this week. Oh, he'll probably be uh, the minimum forty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, the minimum priced. You get a lot of people playing those fill ins, though. Um, but it's not a bad thing. I mean, it doesn't matter. You yeah. just have to pick the best lineup. And you see guys like that, like uh, maybe four or five, six percent owned, uh, as opposed to like twenty, thirty percent owned for the big guys, and uh, even more than that for the top five. But a lot of times, those top five guys tend to disappoint because they'll just put up average numbers, and then you've spent half your budget on nothing for no good reason. Mm-hmm. So uh, so with fantasy, does it sort of ring true, that same situation, where you just kind of uh, see how the teams are going to score, and if they're going to score a lot of points, you'll play those players over, over other ones? Yeah, I, I definitely look at matchups. So if you're playing against the Cleveland Browns team and you there's a running back going there, you expect them to get a lot of points just because the run yep. defense is terrible. Right. Um, so that comes into play as well. I mean, that's just one factor that you'll look at is the opposing team defense. Um, I know you guys look at fantasy points against, so that's something you look at as well. Yeah. Right, which is a similar thing. The, the hard thing to do is, is to really uh, to, to get predictive. And what you end up doing is, like, is sort of ranking where the players lie and then going with that rank. Um, but, I mean... As everybody knows, if you were able to actually create an algorithm that told you when the Cubs would win the World Series, then you'd, you'd make a lot of money. A lot of people might say this year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but point being, uh, uh, something that predictive is is elusive at best. It is. I mean, if you come up with something like a shell of a model, it, it's something that's going to need to be tweaked manually week to week. You're not going to come up with some kind of algorithm that it's you can just use that for the entire season. Nope. Um, but, I, I mean, I think you can get a base model to use, though, and and that takes into account, like, at least 50% of what you want to use. Yep. Um, but, but, but whatever you're doing on the on the outside of that is going to require some kind of manual mm-hmm. entry on a, on a weekly basis, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so good luck to you. Are you going to be playing the Sunday Million uh, in, in FanDuel coming up this next I couple am. weeks? I am. This uh, may be my last one, though. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence about these new rules that are coming out with FanDuel, but um, they're not requiring additional information for this week. Okay. So that would be the week <laughs> after. <laughs> are you guys going to look to join a game that starts on Thursday or Saturday? Or are you just going to do Sunday games? Uh, I usually play just the Sunday. I tend but... to play just the Sunday myself. Yeah. I've done the Sunday 1 o'clock a couple times, and I actually did one time like a Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon games, mm-hmm. but it was weird because like there were suddenly no players to pick from. <laughs> and I'm like, well, everyone's going to have the same lineup. you know? So you, you end up trying to go for someone who is not very widely taken, but then it increases the odds of, of, uh, of that person not doing... Uh, very well, I think, from from my perspective. Well, they even have just the Sunday and Monday night game, just That's two crazy. games. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, they'll bet on any two. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but what that basically means is you pick the one guy who's low, uh, who who does who outperforms, and then you win money. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, just fade against the favorites and yeah, hope they fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. If anybody has any questions for Jim, you can pass them along to us, and we'll get them out to Jim. 
as well. And you can look forward to uh, the rest of his uh, DFS columns, uh, or at least for this next week, because I know you will be uh, away for a couple weeks on uh, on vacation. That's true. So, uh, so cheers to you and the holidays and everybody else out there. Uh, Jason, any closing remarks for the show this evening? No, uh, it was a great show. Thank you, Jim, for joining us. It's good to be here. Yeah, well, again, uh, please make sure to check us out on Facebook Stop. at facebook.com slash drink5network and uh, twitter.com slash drink5. And you can uh, check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. Follow us and, and make sure to grab our podcast on a weekly basis. And uh, watch The Leftovers and Fight Club and all the other shows that use <laughs> Mr. Robot. Where is my mind by the Pixies? <laughs> Cheers, guys. To Cecil Shorts. Cecil Shorts. And more Wildcat Formation. <laughs> <laughs>